from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, we're doing a Patch Tuesday recap. We're talking about the U.S. disrupting Russian malware. We're talking about GitHub with some new news and a Cisco data breach. All of that on this morning's show. So buckle up, tune in. It's going to be an exciting one. Cyberhubpodcast.com is where you can find all the latest. And please make sure to go and check out our uh, YouTube channel and subscribe there and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. Very, very excited about all that's coming your way in content. We've got some big announcements. We are celebrating five years in a week and, um, and um, we've got some big news coming next week. So stay tuned, subscribe, be here, hang out, check it out. All right. Um, I don't have my traditional espresso. Obviously I'm traveling. I'm not in my studio. Second, I didn't get a chance to go grab it. So coffee cup cheers. I've got a water, right? So, so I'll say, you know, coffee cup, water, cheers, whatever. You're not supposed to cheer water anyway. So whatever you're drinking this morning, hope you enjoyed it. I hope it's yours. You own it. Let it power you through this Wednesday. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Let's get this show going. Yesterday was Patch Tuesday. You know, that one day that every single vulnerability in patch management team absolutely despises. Microsoft actually reduced their patches. I think last month was like 99 different flaws that they addressed. Um, this month, it's 38 flaws, really 38. Uh, I think it was a total of 41 CVEs that they had patched with three of them being zero days. Of the vulnerabilities, eight were in elevation of privilege vulnerability, four security feature bypass, 12 remote code execution, eight information disclosures, five denial of service, and one vulnerability. The three zero days that have been fixed were CVE 2023-29336, a Windows 32K elevation of privilege vulnerability. That's been uh, fixed and patched once you update once you apply the patch to your environment, CVE 2023-249-32, a secure boot security feature bypass vulnerability that's also been fixed. That was being used by threat actors to install the Black Lotus UEFI boot kit the, uh, to exploit the vulnerability. An attacker who had physical access or admin rights to target a device could install an affected boot policy. This has been around since at least October of 2022. It's now patched, solved patch your systems, and you can write off that zero day and sail into the sunset. Additionally, the final CVE is 2023-29-325, a Windows OLE remote code execution vulnerability. This has been fixed in Microsoft Outlook. It could be exploited using specially crafted emails. In an email attack scenario, an attacker could exploit the vulnerability by sending the specially crafted email to the victim. Exploitation of the vulnerability might involve either a victim opening a specially crafted email with an affected version of Outlook software or a victim's Outlook application displaying a preview of a specially crafted email. Either one of those. Apple also released a security update for their Beats headphones. Um, Cisco released security updates for the Cisco OS and disclosed an RCE bug for the unsupported Cisco SPA 112 two-port phone adapters. Cisco's warning of critical bugs in Illumina DNA sequencing. We talked about that last week. Google has released their Android fix. We talked about that last week as well, and we're going to get to SAP here in just a moment. You can obviously see all of this in the show notes. Go check it out there. Intel and AMD also joined the Patch Tuesday with a total of 100 vulnerabilities found in their products. Intel released 38 advisories covering, covering over 80 vulnerabilities. The company addressed nearly two dozen issues rated high severity. The remaining bugs have been rated medium severity and one is low severity. Several of the high uh, severity vulnerabilities can lead to privilege escalation has been resolved in the quick assist technology. The retail edge mobile iOS application, server board, BMC firmware processors, 
Walt Software, i915 graphics driver for Linux, data center manager, virtual RAID on CPU, trace analyzers and collectors, a NOC firmware system usage report, and one boot flash updates. All of those have been all of those had high uh, uh, critical and high severe uh, vulnerabilities. Those have all been patched. Patches are available for most vulnerabilities and some flaws. The company has given mitigation. AMD also published two patch Tuesday advisories, one describing 19 client vulnerabilities and one covering 14 server vulnerabilities. The client vulnerabilities, all of all with a 2021 CVE identifier, are low and medium severity issues affecting components of Athlon, Raytheon, and uh, and Thread Ripper processors. Exploitation can lead to arbitrary code execution, denial of service, or information disclosure. AMD released firmware updates that should address these vulnerabilities. In the case of a severe vulnerability, most of them have a 2021 CVE identifiers as well. Two have a 2023 CVE. There is one high and 13 medium severity issues that can lead to code execution, information disclosure, privilege escalation, or denial of service condition. Um, and the security holes impact AMD uh, secure processor, system management unit, secure encrypted virtualization, and other platform components. All of those have been patched. You want to make sure you get those on your radar. SAP also announced 18 security notes in their May 2023 patch day, including two hot news notes that deal with critical vulnerabilities. One of the hot news notes uh, resolves five vulnerabilities in the Reprise License Manager 14.2 component of SAP 3D Visual Enterprise License Manager. The most severe of these issues is a CVE, again, from 2021-44152 with a CVSS score of 9.8. It's an improper authentication and authorization check that could lead an unauthenticated attacker to change the password of any user account. Now, you got to get these updated. Um, SAP is a critical ERP system that sits in your environment. It's really the gateway to your business in a lot of cases. If you're not addressing these, it's 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 as significant as Microsoft. Um, j- just so um, we kind of level that out. Of the remaining four bugs, three are high severity. One is a medium severity for SAP. Uh, the second hot news note released on SAP's uh, May uh, patch Tuesday was, addresses multiple information disclosure vulnerabilities in the business objects intelligence platform, which are collectively tracked as CVE 2023-28762, a CVSS score of 9.1. The most severe of these flaws allows an attacker's logged in as an admin to retrieve the login token of any logged in user or server without user interaction. This allows the attacker to impersonate any user on the platform to access and modify data and make the system partially or entirely available, unavailable. So you want to get your SAP systems also patched. GitHub comes out with exciting news. They're now auto-blocking token and API leaks from uh, API key leaks from all repos. GitHub is now automatically blocking the leak of sensitive information like API key and access tokens for all public repositories. That's this is coming after the announcement made and the company introduced push protection in beta more than a year ago. This was back in April of 2022. The feature proactively prevents leaks by scanning the secrets before the Git push operation are accepted. And it works with 69 token types, API keys, private keys, secret keys, authentication token, access tokens, management certificate credentials, and more. It's deductible with a low false positive detection rate. I think they tested it for a year because they wanted to get this false positive rate down. Uh, I'm sure at the very beginning, whoever was in beta, Uh, probably had a ton of frustration using this. Uh, They feel safe pushing it out there with a low false positive rate. And so when a commit is blocked, you know, it's worth investigating. 
Since its beta release, software developers who enabled it successfully averted around 17,000 accidental exposures of sensitive information, saving more than 95,000 hours that would have been spent revoking, rotating, remediating compromised secrets. That's according to numbers from GitHub. They could be exaggerating a little bit, but nonetheless, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of cases of uh, uh, work for us and a lot of you know incident reports to write, folks. I mean, if you're in security... One of the things we despise, I think most of us do, is writing these reports, these incident reports for stuff like this. So the idea that they averted 17,000 incident reports for the, the developers and the security teams that support those developers is, is magnificent. Uh, the way you enable this is you go to github.com, navigate under your organization name, click on settings in the security section, click code security and analysis under configure code security and analysis, find the GitHub advanced security under secret scanning, click enable all next to push protection, optionally click automatically enable for private repositories added to secret scanning, and you'll enable that feature and give yourself another layer of protection, which is, you know, nice and significant. There is a security breach. So Cisco is warning of a data breach after a cyber attack. The leading global food distribution company has confirmed its network was breached earlier this year by attackers who stole sensitive information, including business, customer, and employee data. An internal memo sent to employees on May 3rd and seen by bleeping computer, the company revealed that customer and supplier data in the U.S. and Canada, as well as personal information belonging to U.S. employees, may have been impacted by the incident. On March 5th, Cisco became aware of a cybersecurity event perpetrated by a threat actor believed to have begun on January 14th, so it took him about two months, in which the threat actor gained access to our system without authorization and claimed to have acquired certain data. Cisco also confirmed a security breach in a 10Q quarterly report filed with the SEC. A week ago on May 2nd, the investigation determined a threat actor extracted certain company data, including data relating to operations of the business customers, employees, and personal data. The investigation is ongoing, and Cisco has began the process of preparing to comply with its obligation with respect to the extracted data. They've also hired a cybersecurity firm to help investigate the incident and notified law enforcement. There's been no impact on customer service and business operation, but nonetheless, if someone's trying to compete with Cisco, who has 71,000 employees, operates 333 food distribution facilities worldwide and services around 700,000 customer locations, including restaurants, healthcare, and educational facilities, you can imagine that the data that they stole is going to be significant for those purposes. Royal Ransomware is now expanding to target Linux and VMware ESXi devices with their bat loader dropper and SEO poisoning for initial access. The group, which is made of former members of the Conti um, and, and the guys that are behind, I believe, the Dallas um, uh, ransomware attack last week, um, have now come up with new arsenal to target Linux and VMware ESXi environments. According to Palo Alto's Unit 42, he noted in an analysis released yesterday that the group recently launched a variant of its encryptor malware built in the form of an executable and a linkable format binary. It's quite similar to the Windows variant, and the sample does not contain any obfuscation. The researchers explained in the posting all strings, including the RSA public key and ransomware, are stored as plain text. Linux runs the backend systems of many networks and container-based solutions for Internet of Things devices and mission-critical applications and represents a plumb attack surface for threat actors interested in disrupting critical operations. While the VMware ESXi platform is an increasingly attractive target for ransomware attackers, with multiple ransomware campaigns targeting VMware and the virtualization platform over the last year just just by that alone, we've talked about that and I've spoken to people I know at VMware and then, you know, this is significant. A compromise of one ESXi hypervisor could open the door to all virtual machines that it controls without any additional work. So Royal Ransomware continues 
to be on the move and continues to be a threat. Uh, and so we'll see what happens here. And finally, in other news, the U.S. government announced yesterday that it disrupted what it described as the most sophisticated cyber espionage malware used by a unit of Russia's FSB security service to steal information from a foreign target. The malware was known as Snakes. It's been around for nearly two decades. It has been linked to various other tools and campaigns tied to the Russian government, including uh, Oribus, Torla, Venomous Bear, and a Water Bug. It's been used by threat actors to steal sensitive documents from hundreds of devices across at least 50 countries, according to the U.S. government. Victims include the governments of NATO member countries, journalists, and research facilities. The malware was linked to a unit within uh, Center 16 of the FSB. The U.S. government has monitored FSB officers assigned to Torla conducting daily operations using Snake from a known FSB facility in Ryazan, Russia. The DOJ announced on Tuesday a court-authorized operation code named Medusa resulted in the disruption of the peer-to-peer network of computers compromised by snake malware. Many of the systems in the P2P network served as a relay nodes set up to route disguised operational traffic to and from this incident of the snake malware deployed on target systems. The FBI developed a tool named uh, Parasys that issued commands to cause the snake malware to disable itself by overriding its own critical components. However, they've warned victims that they should conduct their own analysis to find other tools that might enable the attackers to regain access to their systems because Russians don't just use one, they use multiples. Once they get in, they create persistence by uh, putting dormant information in your environment. So if you have been a victim of snake and, and you think this has dismantled it and you're good, you'd really want to do a deep dive forensic analysis. You want to look at your network logs and network traffic since it's been disabled in, in that time period to see if anything new has popped up and then investigate those as well. So that's just something to keep in mind. That's it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this very, very exciting week of May. Thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe. We'll be back. Till then, have a great rest of your day and stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.